And now, God, be pleased to let me preach not for vain glory or personal reputation, but to the end that someone may hear, believe, and be saved. In the master's name of Jesus, who is the Christ, I pray. Amen. With your Bibles open, I just want to read a brief passage there in Exodus 4 that you have already heard in your hearing. Let me lift up just a couple of lines. Here's the word of the Lord. If you drop down to verse 22. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed I will kill your son, your firstborn. And it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. So he let him go. Then he said, You are a husband of blood because of the circumcision. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may take your seats. I, I want to talk again from the theme, Sankofa. Go back and get it. Go back and get it. What you need to realize is the symbol of Sankofa, that uh, metaphorical symbol, if you will, is seen in a bird. And that bird is pictured as one who is going forward, but looking back. And as the bird looks back, there is an egg in the beak of the bird symbolizing the future. And so it is that the word actually relates to it is never taboo to go back and get or fetch what you have forgotten. It is never wrong to go back and get what has been left behind. And what is interesting to me is that God tells Moses after his long duration away from Egypt to go back to Egypt and get what has been left behind. What is remarkable in the story is that Moses has built a life for himself that is completely different from the life he knew in Egypt. He is no longer one of the princes of Egypt. He's no longer walking around in the authority of the house of Pharaoh. Now he has built a life of him for himself in the middle of the desert. He's found a wife. He's had a family. He's developed a life that he's enjoying. He's living a pastoral life, that kind of life that allows him the leisure of taking care of animals and of being at his own boss in the heat of the day. He could take time off when he wanted to. He had a life that was fit for him. He was happy with his life, but he ain't had some unfinished business left. For his life was not meant to be as a shepherd. His life was not meant to be in the house of another person. His life was not simply meant to be carried out as it was being done. Instead, God had a call on his life. 
And whenever God has a call on your life, if you do anything other than the call, no matter how pleasant it is, it will not fulfill that earning and yearning in your body that is tugging at your soul. It, it's not going to fill the yearning of your soul because your soul has called to the assignment on your life. And, and that assignment arrested him in the desert. The assignment called him to stand by a burning bush. The assignment allowed him to hear the voice of God and you need to realize I do believe this that God has an assignment for your life that each of us no matter who we may be and no matter what part we're supposed to play there's an assignment for us and there's a role that we have to play in the divine plan there's a position that we're supposed to be in there's something we're supposed to do and the problem with most people is they would rather believe that their life belonged to themselves and they could do as they please it's your thing do what you want to do I know that's the mantra of the world but you have to realize that your life is not your own to him you belong you have to learn how to give yourself away You've got to get to the place where you understand that you were born in this world to be more than who you may be at this point in your life. And I know you may say to yourself, Reverend, you're just talking. No, I'm not. You, God has an assignment for you. There's something that only you can do that I can't do. There are places that only you can go that I can't go. There are things that only you can say that I can't say. There are experiences that you have had that I have not had. And that created an assignment for you. There are people you could win to Christ that I can't teach you. You have to go and do what God told you to do. Your assignment must be fulfilled. And the problem with most people is that number one, they don't look for their assignment. And what they are going around doing is they're trying to find purpose in life. And they think they're going to find purpose in their employment, but your employment is not going to give you purpose. Your, your employment is just a place of your supply. It's where God gives you your needs, so your needs get met from your employer. Don't ever think of your employers any more than the place of your supply. Employers come and go, but God lasts forever. It doesn't matter what factory opens and closes or what doors open and close. The God that you serve is not a factory God. The God that you serve is not a, any one particular business. The God you serve can feed you wherever you are and clothe you wherever you are. Put a roof over your head wherever you are. He'll make a new company if he needs to in order to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Your assignment is more than meat and raiment. As the New Testament would say, your assignment is greater. There's something that only you can do that God has put into your life. Maybe it's a song in your soul. Maybe it's a prayer that you're to pray. Maybe it's a connection you're supposed to make. Maybe it's a book that's in your spirit. Maybe, maybe you're supposed to be involved in something in this world that's going to reshape the dynamics of someone else's life. But you need to discover your assignment. Because once you discover your assignment, you now have purpose. And your life changes completely. Your life becomes completely overwhelmed with doing what God wants you to do. 
And here Moses is at the point of recognizing his assignment. Now it's clear that you have to get this part because this precedes the next section that no one likes to read. Moses has had an experience with God. He's been on the mountain. He's heard God's voice in a burning bush, what we call a theophany. He's had an experience with God. God has told him what he's going to do. God has told him who he's going to be. God has said, you can go back to Egypt and tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. He's got a complete set of plans. And once again, he's lined himself up. He's going to see his father-in-law. He's asked his father-in-law for permission to leave and go back to Egypt. And everything is set. He starts out on his journey, got his family with him, making his way down the road. Everything is set. He's going to do his assignment. Everything is set. I'm heading in the direction you want me to go. I'm heading towards Egypt. That's where you said you wanted me to go. Yes, everything's set. I've talked to you. I got my marching orders. I got my papers here. You told me I got my stick in my hand. I'm ready. I know what to do. I know how to do the miracles you told me to do. I know how to do the signs and wonders you told me to perform. And yet, the first night on the journey, God stops him and it appears that God almost puts him in a position of death, almost to kill him. That's, ah. Wait a minute, I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm going where you told me to go. Why? Have you picked a fight with me? Why am I on the brink of death? Why am I in this situation here? And it would appear that God, one translation says, sought to kill him. Ooh, that's, wait a minute. Weren't we just talking? If you had wanted to kill me, you should have killed me up by the fire. Just strike me dead. But now, God grabs him and sought to kill him. And here's the text. I said, don't, don't like to read this one. Here's the text. Moses is fighting for his life. Something has happened. God may have put him in a chokehold. Or maybe God grabbed his eldest son and put him in a chokehold. But something's gone wrong. Something is wrong. Can, can, I, can I preach a little bit for you? You can have an assignment and not be in alignment. Because just because you have an assignment, 
it does not mean you've made stuff right yet. So you can be out of alignment. Uh, some of y'all might might get this. You 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 drive regularly. You you might you might have had an occasion where you had a tire that looked good, but it was wobbly. And, and and you thought something was really out of order, and it was because it wasn't the tire; it was the alignment. Because a bad alignment will cause your car to rumble and shake and move around and you have a bad ride and some of you are having a bad ride not because you don't have a good car but because you don't have a good alignment. Some of you are having alignment issues because you let stuff wear down that should have been replaced a long time ago. And since you've allowed it to wear down, now you're having a bad ride now because you allow stuff to wear out that should have been repaired and fixed a long time ago. And instead of you fixing it and making it right, you keep on going. I can get by a little more. I can get by a little further. I can go down the road a little farther. And before you know it, what was a minor problem has become a major your problem and you're in trouble now because you keep putting off what you should have done. Charlie Ash once said procrastination is a thief of time and the penalty thereof is death. And some of us have been gifted with procrastination and we allow ourselves to keep putting off stuff that ought to get taken care of. We allow ourselves to keep putting off things that God told us to do and that it should have been done a long time ago. You knew what God told you to do. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, see, y'all missed it. I know you. Let me, let, me, let me back up so you can see the alignment issue. The Bible says that he would have passed, but the Lord met him and sought to kill him. That's verse 24. Verse 25 says something really strange. Now, if God is getting ready to kill him, then what is Zipporah doing? Sister girl done went and got a knife and went to her son and circumcised him. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, hold, hold, hold. I gotta make this right now. This is a delicate issue. It can be rather painful here. So I wanna do it right, I don't wanna mess it up. I wanna make sure I'm correct here. Mm-hmm, that's what it said. She removed the foreskin from his member and then took it and threw it at her husband. Thou art a bloody husband to me. Wait a minute. Okay. Okay. Mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. There's nothing in the text that tells us she got instructions this was need to be done. There's nothing in the text that says, the angel of the Lord said, thou shalt go and circumcise thy son. You know what? What blows my mind is, she knew what was wrong 
when it happened, she knew why from the very beginning. Some of us try to pretend we don't know what's out of order in our lives. What you talking about? Was that old Gary Coleman? What you talking about, Willis? We try to act like we don't know what's wrong. We know what's wrong. We know what we're still doing that we're not supposed to. We know what we have not done that we should have done. We know the stuff we're still in the midst of that we should have cut loose. We know. Nobody needed to tell her she knew. Here, watch this now. This is important. I, 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 I like this because she did it. She had to bring her household into alignment because you can't have the man of God leading covenant people that's out of covenant relationship. Preach was. And since Genesis 17 suggests that any male who was not circumcised as a part of the covenant relationship would be considered outside of the bounds of the covenant. Therefore, they wouldn't be covered under the covenant with God. When she cut off this, did the circumcision, what she did was she said, I accept the covenant of Israel over the life of my child and over the life of my family. If I were to hold up, I'm going to stop being a hold up. I'm in it to win it. Everybody in this house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Okay. I know I'm beating around the bush, y'all, so y'all ain't got it quite yet. So let me go another one more. Go one more. Get this, get this. See, it's good that Moses had an anointing and an encounter with God. But she needed an encounter too. Because she needed to recognize that this is a family affair. That all of us got to get our act together. That everybody in this house has to get in line with what God's getting ready to do next. Sometimes you're trying to do when you're the only one trying to do. You need to allow everybody in the house to get lined up to do ministry work together. That's why I tell parents, don't just send your children to church. Don't let them line up and you're not lined up. You be there with them. Husbands, don't just let your wife go to church. You sit by her. You be there with her. Because we all need to be in covenant relationship with God. We all need to hear the word. No, he ain't no worse than you are and you're no better than him. But we all need the relationship because God has assignment for the family. I feel like preaching this morning. Let, let me, let me. Can I walk down this street a little further? Because... She does his circumstance. God releases him. God, she does the circumcision. God releases him. But God didn't just release him then. He released him through eternity. Come here. 
baby, now that you've done this, look at the verse that precedes this. Because see, you, you, you might have missed it when you read over it. Because the verse that precedes this whole alignment thing comes from the assignment section. And in verse 21 and 22, God tells Moses, go back to Pharaoh and do the signs and the wonders. Do the miracles. Y'all missed it, didn't you? God said, go back there and do the miracles. This is your destination. This is what you've been predestined to do. He said, and now you need to know that it's not going to be easy. Would you do me a favor? Look at somebody and say, neighbor, just because God gives you an assignment, that's not a promise that there won't be problems. Let me tell you something. People tell me, I'm going to a new level. I'm going to a new level. And I want you to go to a new level. But one thing you better remember, new levels, new devils. Every time you go up, a new devil is assigned to you. A new enemy is assigned to you. Don't you think the enemy is just going to let you go up and not assign the new pit of Satan to come after you? New level, new devil. You got to have some obstacles, some problems, some issues and some things to deal with. Just get ready. Get ready to deal with it. Get ready to deal with it. Don't run from it. Deal with it. Don't run from it. Deal with it. Don't run from it. Deal with it. Deal with it. God's going to use you anyway. I don't care who talks about you. God's going to use you anyway. I don't care how they put you down. God's going to use you anyway. Don't run from it. Deal with it. Don't run from it. Deal with it. God. Let me, let me. Yeah. Come on back. Look at what he says. Verse 22. End verse, of 21 he says, But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel's my son, my firstborn. And, and, and guess what God then said? So I will say to you, verse 23, let my son go, that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. Oh, my God. Let me help you here. The cutting for the circumcision put the child into covenant relationship so that when the death angel came through Egypt, this child was under the blood. Yo, I, know, I know it's over somebody's head, but I need to help you here. Don't you worry about giving someone temporary pain. You're trying to keep them from eternal death. Temporary pain is just that, temporary. What you're trying to do is save them and their soul from death. I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. I'm almost done. I'm, I'm going to sit down, y'all. Y'all like, okay. They say, I got a couple more minutes, so let me just, can I give you one more thing? It's in the text, see. If you connect the assignment with the alignment, then you realize that once I align myself with God, 
then God's going to do something else. God is at work in what I call an accompaniment. You don't mind accompanying me, brother. Bro, bro, bro. You just, you, you, there, there's an accompaniment that goes along, huh? So if you're playing now, you can play anything. Let's just play something. I need the ark. I need thee. Stop right there. He was just playing something different. But since he heard me start where I did, he came over to accompany me. Look at somebody say, neighbor, you just get started. God's got the accompaniment. Oh, I feel like preaching in here today. But, here, but here's how God works. Now, now um, oh, all night, now I, I wanted to do this at a funeral a week ago and uh, but he was playing that song four days before the funeral because he was doing it in preparation for what was getting ready to come. I'm getting ready to go to my seat. Y'all ain't got it yet. I see y'all ain't got it yet. You, you. See, because another definition of accompaniment means that there's something related that is happening while or because of something else happening. So that while I'm getting ready over here, God's fixing up stuff over there. So, okay, y'all missed it. God's been talking to Abraham up on the mountain. He's talking to Moses up on the mountain, brother. He's talking to Moses. God's talking to him. Moses seen burn bush, seen fire, everything. He's been talking to him. But you got to remember now, they don't have no email, no text. There's no Instagram, no nothing, nothing, nothing. No, 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 no. They, ain't, they not even using carrier pigeons. They ain't got nothing. No conga drum. But while God is talking to Moses, God is also talking to his brother Aaron. So what verse says here, verse 27 says, and the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. How do you even know he in the wilderness? 
God speaking to him, you get up now, go to the wilderness and meet Moses. And when he met him, he kissed him and greeted him because they hadn't seen each other in a long time. I know this went over somebody's head. Let me just help you right here. You go where God told you to go. And when you get there, you may still be in the middle of your wilderness. The wilderness is a jungle. The wilderness is a rough place. The wilderness is an empty place. Sometimes your wilderness can be difficult, but don't you worry about your wilderness. God will send somebody to accompany you and meet you in the middle of your wilderness so that your next move is going to be blessed. Good night, y'all. Send Copa up in here. Go back and get what God has for you. Let nobody uh, keep you from the blessing uh, of the Lord. Uh, for the blessing of the Lord uh, is amen uh, and glory to God. Go get it. Uh, get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Come on, praise him. 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 The doors of the church open. Maybe there's one.